here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 104.6 FM in Twane. All things automotive with the petrol head, Niku Smith. He's on the couch with his cup of coffee. Nico, hello. Hi, Michelle. How are you? How's that coffee going? Uh, done. G- gone already. <laughs> well, Zai just made me another one, so I feel like I'm super lucky today. She was well, I'm making one as soon as we nice. are done. I'm going to make it another one again. So it is definitely quite nippy everywhere. I'm sure everybody's aware of that. <laughs> so, Nico, um, I know we're going to go into the golf the Golf 8, I'm super excited to hear about it. I'm a bit of a golf freak. Mm-hmm. But I did think, given the cold weather, there's a there's a message from Tia asking, uh, when there's ice on the road and the car is sliding, well, that's how cold we are, when there's ice on the road and the car is sliding, is it true that you shouldn't apply your brakes? Yo, I, I, it does really um, depend on the situation that you are in, Michelle. So... Um, that's when you might have seen this in, in, in a car before. Some, um, actually, I almost think most cars would, or a lot of cars, let's rather say, a lot of cars would do this. When you get to about three degrees or so, you're going to get a little ice, like a, a yeah, ice that little, snow, yeah. snowflake. Yeah, snowflake. And that's an indication of what they call black ice. <clears throat> so it can be that if it's rained or the road was somehow wet, and then it, uh, um, the, the temperature got quite cold, you have this the water would have iced over. And the roads are extremely slippery. So um, that's what that refers to. So if you are, um, I think it's something we don't see in Gauteng a lot because normally um, in winter we don't have rain. Um, but it can happen in areas, um, and when the roads are slippery, they are extremely slippery. Yeah. Um, but you're right. If you, if you, uh, you know, I, I've got to see what you do almost or look at the conditions, but hard brakes isn't necessarily the right thing. Um, and a high speed isn't great either. So when it's snowing or when it's really cold, rather drive slower uh, and, 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 and drive more careful on the, on, the, on the pedal. So a smoother acceleration is quite important. You have to brake. I mean, you can't, not like you can't slow the car down, but then a smoother... But you should never up. be speeded up so much that you have to slow it down. Exactly. But when, no, but when you're braking, it's rather, I would say, Michelle, a softer brake. So more squeezing the brake than jumping hard on the brakes to get the, the wheels to lock. And no excessive steering either. So rather smooth, so smoother control, smoother accelerator, smoother brakes, smoother steering as opposed to hard jerking of the wheel or hard on the brakes or hard on the accelerator because you don't want to make the wheel slip and then drive much slower because a higher speed in those conditions, you've got to really always adjust your speed to the conditions. It might be that normally on that road you can do 100 k's an hour now, rather, you're going to see, you know, I can feel the car sliding, rather go down to 60. Um, so it could, uh, adjust the speed to the road conditions. So no hard brakes, no like sudden stops, etc. So no it. learner drivers. Well, <laughs> that's difficult because <laughs> you want to say that's actually a good time for learner drivers to learn. Um, but, you know, so there's, there's, um, but I wouldn't, you know, <laughs> they've got to learn you know. sometimes, Michelle. So the oh, best okay. time is when it's quite slippery to let them learn. But then... Not the first time they drive on slippery conditions. Yeah. So if you've got black ice, then slow it all down. Be yep. gentle. Do the slow radio kind of thing. We might even do that a little bit later here on the show. Nico, yes. the Golf 8 GTI. Oof. It's a looker, isn't it? It's a looker. It's so the, a the, looker. The Vrpa. So um, it's, it's known as the Vrpa, the, way, the sound that the engine makes. So it's actually done by a little bit of a drop of fuel 
um, in the engine at a certain time, which will ignite that, creates that whoop sound that the GTI makes. I don't know if you're aware of this, Michelle, outside Europe, yeah. but Africa is the biggest market for GTI in the world. Well, apparently in the in the thieving uh, community as well, it's the biggest market as well. Uh, I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. I mean, uh, they, they, they're actually not that easy to steal, by the way. You, Aren't uh, they? No, I mean, they, they, they have what they call a safe lock system. So when you lock the car, the whole lock is, is, is system is detached. So if, if you, even if you break a window, you can still not open the door. So you can climb in through the window, but you can't open the door. So not an easy car to steal. No, definitely not. Wow. Um, but the Vrupa is all about uh, uh, the looks um, and about the sound it makes. So let's talk about the, or the engine. Let's talk about, let's start with the engine. It's a two-liter um, that Volkswagen, of course, oh. used in, in quite a few other models with 100, mm. 180 kilowatts, 370 newtons, no 206.4 seconds and top speed at 250. Um, so quite, you know, and, and of course it has a DSG gearbox. Um, and of course, we're a pretty fast car, Michelle, you know, this... Uh, Two liters um, GTI, yeah, it's going to be dangerous. Yeah, 180 kilowatts is not too bad. So this car is quite rapid with good handling to boot. Um, yeah. And of course, uh, a lot of power to the front wheels, but something that Volkswagen has been doing for quite a long time. So there's no things like torque steer. Torque steer uh, is in some front wheel drive cars that are quite powerful. The car can pull strong to uh, left or right when you accelerate. Yeah. <clears throat> so handling-wise, the GTI is, is normally quite dynamic. I've driven quite a few different models or GTIs on, on the track. Yeah. And my, my, you know, I once owned a Golf 2 GTI, mm. the one with the jumbo bumpers. So I've always loved them. And it's always a great handling car. It's really, really quite sporty. I loved that mm. car, I have to tell you. I, I had a Golf Unfortunately, it was stolen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yours didn't have a same block. <laughs> and it was, but I have to say, oh, geez, I, I, actually the best thing of it of all was those heated seats. <laughs> oh, yes. So it's let's been, talk about especially the... Especially today, you're going to love it. So let's look at the new one. Like, what does it all have? What are the specifications that we can get excited about? Uh, well, The it, most it, digitally advanced car, apparently, Golf uh, uh, so far, hey? Yeah, so inside it's now a touch screen. So, um, um, so all the controls are touch screen. Even the climate control is touch screen. Um, you have a digital instrument cluster. So um, rev counters, pedometer are digital. Um, then uh, climate, yeah, as I said, um, you also have things like um, App Connect. So you can connect your phone to the car. Cruise control is standard parking sensors. And then uh, ambient lighting inside where you can change the colors. Mm -hmm. So um, If you want to like, think, have a party in your car. If you want to have a party, change the colors, that's quite cool. Um, so a lot of standard specification. And if you want to upgrade, Michelle, you can have things like matrix headlamps or a black styling pack. Um, you've got to have a sunroof. By the way, that's an interesting one. But the, the sunroof affects your, your, your um, trading value. And uh, GTIs without sunroofs aren't very popular. So even if you don't like a sunroof or don't use it, You've got to take a GTI with a sunroof because when you resell it, people want the sunroof. I mean, that's the weirdest thing. But that's it. And then other options, you can have things like um, rear view camera, blind spot monitoring, lane assist, adaptive cruise control, emergency braking, all as options on the GTI. But I, I don't think you need them necessarily because already the spec is quite high. I do, I do personally like adaptive cruise control always because in traffic, um, whenever you're driving, actually, the car's always braking and accelerating. If there's traffic, it's slowing down. Um, long distance, it's quite cool. So that's something I quite like in a car is adaptive cruise control. Yeah. But but also the looks, Michelle. I don't know. What, what do you think of the front of the GTI? 
I think it's just gorgeous. I, I must say, I'm sounding. I must say, I'm sounding like a bit, like, like a fa- yeah, I'm like sounding like a fangirl. I was going to say that. <laughs> so, um, but you know, the front looks quite menacing, almost like a bit of a frown. So, quite aggressive look from the front because you've got this line between the headlights that runs. So, a line that links the headlights, and then a big air intake at the bottom. So, <laughs> aggressive looking in the front. Two exhaust pipes, a real exhaust pipe at the back with a sporty looking diffuser. Um, so I think outside it's quite good looking, and then inside everything is focused towards the driver. So it's a uh, and, and two screens that are at the same height effectively. So very driver focused. And then talking about technology as well. The okay, DJI I have to go, Nick. I have to go yeah. to a break. So and I've also got a bunch of questions that I need okay. to, to ask you as well. So um, what's the cost on this thing? Six hundred and sixty nine thousand three hundred rand. <laughs> so I won't be selling my car now. And <laughs> there you go. There we go. Jeez, <laughs> you're a real pleasure to work with. Getting your weekend started right. The Jet Set Breakfast. All things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. Nico, um, we do have to go to the questions, but I just want to ask you, how would you, what would you rate this golf as out of all the other golfs? Nico? Currently, there's no driving or when on motor launches, but um, I've always also, as I said, I own a Golf 2, and um, if you want a performance hatch, this normally is on the top of most people's list because of the heritage, the looks, um, the very good con- pricing, good specifications. So if you're looking for a hot hatch, um, you know, this is, this is high, high, high on your list, possibly your number one. It's number one on my list. I mean, I love my car, but um, it's yeah, not, yeah. is always a special car. <laughs> That Golf GTI 8, it looks amazing. Okay, Nico, Reggie wants to know. He says, uh, I serviced my car with a Magnatech oil. After a few days, the dipstick was indicating that I had no oil. A friend of mine told me that Magnatech does not show on the dipstick, and I disagreed with him. I have now um, used an ordinary oil, and it's showing on the dipstick. My friend was right. Really? No, I'm I'm not sure that that... That's interesting. Well, I don't know if you've added, I mean, it's difficult now to say that you add more oil and then suddenly it shows. Something should show on the dipstick, Michelle. Um, uh, that's the point of the dipstick. And, and, and uh, so if, if nothing's showing, in my opinion, on the dipstick, it means there's not enough oil in the car. So um, I don't know. Did the person drain all the oil, then put other oil in and then suddenly see it? I don't know. But you should look finely because you will be able, of course, with a newer, let's, if you've got very dirty oil, it's easier to see than if you just added oil to the car. Um, so um, I don't know, Michelle, but to me it sounds um, a little bit odd because if you're not seeing any oil on the dipstick, it means there's no oil on the car. Okay. <laughs> Jack in Durban wants to know, Hi, Mish, please ask Nico what happens when you drive your car very low on petrol or until it's out of petrol. What happens to the rust in the tank? Now, the thing is, they, um, the tank can get dirty. So it, over a longer period, if you have an older car, there could be some residue in the tank, but you'd normally have a filter. Um, so it shouldn't be an issue. I know sometimes if you have, for instance, diesel cars, it might be an issue where you need to then get the, the diesel back into the engine. Uh, so it's not that easy to start again. But so an older cars, there, it can be residue, but um, so it's not ideal, actually. Apart from that, just it's a safety thing. You know, why do you want to put yourself through that pain to actually run out of petrol on the side of the road? 
That so, anxiety, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. in my mind, it's quite simple. When the light goes on, I look for a filling station. I, I don't try and push my range and push my luck and get myself into trouble. Because, I mean, to run out of fuel on the side of the road is a stupid thing to happen to you. Yeah. So I, I would say don't, don't do that. And apart from that as well, as I said, you know, there's always a bit of residue. So when the light goes on, look for a filling station. Make life easy for yourself. So Tossum Bloom is asking a very similar question, saying the car fuel is completely finished in the tank. The engine can't run at all. I then go buy fuel and refill. What's the best way to restart the car? I mean, what's interesting about that, Tosser, is that now, of course, with this new um, uh, law that you can't fill petrol into plastic containers, what does that mean if you run out of petrol on the side mm-hmm. of the road? I, th- I think so. Let's just talk about that. I think, it, um, I think Michelle, when he talks about plastic containers, um, it means about things like a two-liter bottle or a you know, little milk bottle. Mm. Because some some jerry, let's call it, you know, if you go back, jerry, jerry cans, cans were, millet, yeah. were, were like metal things. But you can get plastic cans for fuel. Mm. So if you go to a big shop, there are um, five or 10 or 20 liter uh, drums of, that are plastic for fuel. So you can actually, if they're made for fuel, still use those. It's more those home containers, which actually would be, again, a little bit of a frustrating thing because Sometimes people run out of fuel, they get a two-liter container, they put that in the tank, and they can run again. Uh, and now you've got to say, okay, I've run out of fuel. Now I've got to look for an appropriate container so that I can put fuel in my car. Um, again, um, it depends on the car, Michelle. I don't know. Some cars, if you put enough fuel in and start, what you have is you've got a little pump at the, um, at the fuel tank. Um, so when you start some cars, you, or when you actually open the car, sometimes you hear, yes. as that tank. Your car's um, little motor or the little um, pump in the tank pushes the fuel from the tank to the engine. And then, of course, when you start it, there's fuel there already. Because think about this. The tank sits where your back seat is roughly, and you've got to get the fuel to the engine. So that's why you have a fuel pump uh, or a pump in the tank to get the fuel there. So when you start, when you open the car, that already runs. So in modern cars, it should be easier because um, if there's enough fuel in the tank, as you then start or uh, turn on the ignition, that um, is going to pump the fuel to the to the engine that runs it. But as I said, if you have like all the diesel buckies, sometimes those are quite. You might actually have like, almost like a pump. You'll see at the front of the engine to get the diesel to the front again. So older cars should probably might be more difficult than newer ones. Okay, keep going. Uh, another question for you. Here it goes. Hi Nicole, what happens with the magnetic oil is that it stays clean for a very long time so it's not necessarily that it wasn't showing but if he had looked closely he would have seen that there was oil in the engine it's only that it remains clean for a very long time the normal oil tends to turn a little black so it would show on the on the dipstick it's uh noah here in cape town there we go, Nico. Like Noah's like supporting us uh, and giving us the info. Nice, Noah. Thanks for for funding in that. Was a that's what cool uh, cool voice. Okay, I'm you. gonna I'm gonna quickly give it because we've got a bunch of others, but I'm gonna ask you the last one now. This is a question that comes up quite a lot, and I'm not sure who it's from, but he says, if I were to put a V8 Mercedes engine in a Ford Cortina. Yes. <laughs> yes. You, you'd have a can you Ford do that? Cortina. Would of that mod- would that modification be allowed or qualified by the licensing department? Um, I mean, people do it all the time. People have uh, modified cars with engines. Um, if you can go through the road with you without issues, yes. So um, 
um, it, it's not a new thing where people put different engines in the cars. So, um, of course, if it has a roadworthy and um, if you can license it and uh, you, if, if you don't have any issues with a, a VIN number or engine number that's matching, um, then you can do it. So it happens a lot of the time that people do that. So um, it, it can be done. I'm not sure Jeez. if you can get past the license. You a V8 it. and a Ford Cortina, that's going to yeah. be unbelievable. Okay, you've got to just say yes or no. Does it help in winter to put a put a, put a blanket on an engine at night from Cornelia? Uh, if it's outside, no, not necessarily. No, not necessarily. There we go. Nine o'clock, time for the news. Good morning.